0: Welcome, everyone. I am Bob Wurzelbacher, the director of the Respect Life Office for the Arts Diocese of Cincinnati, and this is our video podcast series that we call Being Pro-Life. Each month, we discuss a different topic in the Respect Life arena. We'll hear a personal story from someone deeply affected by that issue, and finally, we'll share ways that you can get involved. This month's topic is supporting moms and their children, and this week, we have a special guest again. Will you please introduce yourself?
1: Hi, Bob. My name is Kat Talalis. I am the Assistant Director for Pro-Life Communications at the United States Conference of Catholic Bishops, and I'm really excited to be on today on your Being Pro-Life show.
0: Today, we're going to talk about the USCCB program, Walking with Moms in Need. So if someone out there hasn't heard of that, what is this? Is it a program? Do we call it a program?
1: I guess it's kind of like an initiative because the programmatic side is done based on parishes and dioceses, what they want to implement. What it really is, it's a whole church response. It is a process by where parishes walk in the shoes of pregnant and parenting moms in need.
0: Should we start with the history of this program, how it got started, sure. how we were planning it?
1: Well, this past, well, this year, 2020, is the 25th anniversary of Pope St. John Paul II's landmark encyclical, The Gospel of Life, Evangelium Vitae. And in that encyclical, this great saint lays out the duty and responsibility for all Christians to lovingly serve the most vulnerable and asks a lot of very pertinent questions for today about what are we really doing as a church to make sure that all life is welcomed. So that was one major impetus for Walking With Moms in Need. We knew about this landmark encyclicals anniversary. We were trying to think of, okay, what is a way that we could bring that message into today when it is still clearly so needed? So that was one way that Walking With Moms in Need we were kind of putting our thinking caps on, trying to think of how as a pro-life committee, the bishops were thinking as a pro-life committee, how can we truly serve life and, and bring JP2's message into today in 2020. And another thing that was happening right around the same time was that we were noticing that a lot of state level initiatives were being passed related to abortion and protection of the unborn and even uh, born children. Some of these are wonderful. You know, there were restrictions on abortion that would be obviously serving women and their unborn children. And there were things that were happening that were more negative, that were showing that states were having less of a respect for human life. And we realized this was also a key moment to say, okay, well, no matter what a state, a court, a legislature does, what can we do as a church to make sure that mothers know that they can safely welcome their children into this world and be lovingly supported as they do so? So both of those things happening around the same time inspired us to have a program, a process that would specifically focus on vulnerable women who are pregnant and parenting young children.
0: And Kat, if you don't mind me saying so, you know that the pro-choice crowd often accuses the pro-life crowd or the anti-abortion crowd of only caring about babies before they are born and not caring at all about what happens after that. We know that that's not true. If you walk into any pregnancy care center, certainly in this archdiocese, and I'm sure across the country, you know that that's not true. They take care of the moms and take care of babies long after there are no babies even anymore after they're growing up and they're children and they're four and five and six. But in any case, this I'm sure helps perhaps dispel that myth as well. Know that we as pro-lifers, as Catholics and as Christians, we care about the mother and we care about the children long after they are born.
1: That's absolutely true. I think it's one of the greatest slanders of pro-lifers is that somehow they only care about the moment up until birth. And we see this lived out in the Catholic Church. I mean, Catholic Church has given the longest and most consistent pro-life witness since abortion was legalized. And the church also provides more services to vulnerable women and children than pretty much any private organization you could possibly think of. We have educational resources. We have food pantries. We have Catholic charities, social service organizations like St. Vincent de Paul. We have so many resources that are specifically designed to feed, close, house, employ, educate, and empower women and their children. So it's it's all kind of a lot of it. what this is about is bringing those resources together so that people know what's available and that, that we really are living this pro-life witness as a church.
0: So these things already exist. So what is that this initiative? You said they're bringing these resources together, making what? Making a better effort of making sure people understand or realize or are more aware of what's already out there? Or is it also even creating some new initiatives that are there helping women in need?
1: Well, it's really both. Like you were saying, in many instances, there are tremendous resources available that people just don't know about, or that local parishes, if a woman were to walk in their door and say, hey, I'm pregnant, and I don't know what to do. Many people would have no idea where to send her for help, where she can find prenatal care and vitamins or a Catholic hospital for a more, you know, reduced cost opportunity for healthcare. They don't necessarily know that there is a pregnancy care center around the corner that's already doing, you know, diapers drives and other fundraising efforts and material donations that could really support women who are trying to welcome life. They don't necessarily know that there is a Catholic charity around the corner that can help them receive social services that they need. So a lot of it is about coordinating the resources that are already available at the local level and making people aware of them. But we find that walking with moms in need, the process of of uncovering these resources and seeing where they are and, and who has access to them also helps us identify gaps and say, okay, well, there's this Catholic hospital, but it's 30 miles away. No wonder that a lot of women in our area don't necessarily know about it and that they can go there and receive care, or maybe that they need a ride. Maybe they need someone to drive them. So a lot of what walking with moms need, again, it's about walking in the shoes of a pregnant or parenting woman who is vulnerable and, and in financial need and to say, okay, what is out there? And then if something isn't out there, is, the way, is there something that we can do as a parish community to supplement that?
0: So how is it that this initiative is doing that and how do people get the word out about it?
1: Sure. Well, the most important thing for people who are watching or listening right now is to go to walkingwithmoms.com and to sign the pledge, which is a pledge just to pray for vulnerable pregnant and parenting women and discerning what opportunities might be available in their community to do so. And we hope that will mean looking at either getting involved with or starting Walking with Moms Need at their parish. If they decide to do that, to start walking with moms in need at their parish, we have all the resources that they could need right here on the website. You can go to the Get Started tab, and when you go down to Parish Resources, you will see the Action Guide. And we have two Action Guides. One is a short summary, which explains very briefly what it is to start walking with moms at your parish, what that involves. And the other is a much longer soup to nuts full-blown action guide, which gives you everything you need step by step by step to get this started at your parish.
0: And I can see it comes in English and Spanish.
1: We absolutely want to include the Hispanic community and other people who might not be as aware of resources. We're trying to bring everyone in on this. So the parish action guide does include everything that someone would need to start walking with moms need at their parish. It really is designed to be a whole church effort, someone that the pastor approves of and welcomes, but one that the parish does together. And a big part of that is the inventory tool that we have for walking with moms Need. So once a parish has decided to start walking with moms group and have brought in different people, and one of the really great things about walking with moms in need is that it does bring in people from all sides of the spectrum. It's pro-lifers, yes, but it's also people who are very passionate about social justice and serving the needy. It's, it's really meant for everyone. So once that initial core team is assembled of people who want to get involved with this, we really hope that they dive right into the inventory tool, which is a way to evaluate what resources are in their local area that could potentially be a lifeline to a woman who's facing a challenging pregnancy. Whether it is counseling services, whether it is healthcare, whether it is a food pantry, whether it is a pregnancy care center that's already right in the neighborhood, we want parishes to really see, okay, what's here? Because so often the different social service groups or nonprofits or little you know centers here and there don't necessarily connect with each other. And to get a real picture of what women have available to them when they are facing a challenging pregnancy, it's very important to assess what is there in many different categories. So the inventory tool is the first step in walking with moms in need and that to move forward and see what can be done to improve what's out there
0: okay what else can we find on this website that's to get started learn more about it
1: Sure. Well, the first goal of walking with mom's in need is prayer. When you sign up on the website to take the pledge, the first step is to promise to pray for vulnerable pregnant women in your community. And we do have a special prayer for pregnant mothers, where we seek the intercession of Our Lady to help us to build a culture of life and a civilization of love and to grant protection to all pregnant mothers who are facing difficulties. So prayer is a key part of walking with moms in need too, and certainly living the gospel of life.
0: There's a a Novena to St. Gianna
1: Yes. We did a St. Gianna Novena in April because we had the COVID-19 crisis hit in March. And we were trying to think, okay, what can we do to prayerfully support all the women out there and all the mothers out there who are now parenting or pregnant in an entirely different world than they were a few weeks ago. And the amazing thing about St. Gianna Breda is not only is she a great saint who herself experienced a challenging pregnancy, she also had lived through a pandemic, The Spanish flu pandemic. And she had also been a physician and, and been intimately knowledgeable about the conditions that pregnant women face and the issues that parenting women face when they are raising young children. So we thought that she was really just the perfect model of this <laughs> initiative and a, a wonderful patron for us. And but the, that novena, while it did begin in April around her feast day, it can absolutely be done anytime. And we highly recommend that you do, especially now, because as we know, COVID 19 has, has continued longer than any of us expected and did change the landscape for people in need, especially. So we do recommend people pray that novena and seek Our Lady's Heavenly Intercession and the intercession of the saints.
0: And then the third one there is pray for moms.
1: So, yes, prayer is a key aspect of walking with moms in need. Before we seek to do anything, we have to seek God's will and that is done through prayer. We have a prayer for pregnant mothers on the website, which is specifically for walking with moms in need. It's for everyone, for parishes, for individuals to pray for vulnerable pregnant and parenting women. And we also do as a Respect Life office, pray for life. And right now all of our prayers are centered around moms in need. So this month for October, mothers in need we are looking at how they can experience greater care through those who see them as Christ does.
0: This is being recorded in October, which is why you see October on the screen. This will be released in December. So when you go to the website, you'll see December, I suppose, of 20, or perhaps January of 2020. But every month, there's a different set of prayers up here. Is that right, Kat?
1: Absolutely. Every month, there's a different prayer. Okay. And we do encourage you to sign up at walkingwithmoms.com.
0: Okay, so tell us a little bit more about this then. So, so a parish gets involved, they fill out a survey, they find that they become more aware of things that are already happening in their communities that they can share with their parishioners and share with uh, women they know who are either in a crisis pregnancy or, or, as you say, parenting in a difficult situation. Are there resources that you would learn about by being involved with walking as moms with need or by looking at the website that you would add to that? Or is it mostly just about thinking through what's available locally and? Just being a central place to pass that information on?
1: Mm. Well, certainly, yes, the inventory is locally focused, but we do have some national resources available that we'll be continually updating to the website. Just general organizations to be aware of. We're not officially partnering with any organization, again, because we really do see the importance of local control and local understanding, because obviously affiliates are different everywhere and communities are different, have different needs. So while we are not necessarily having a national inventory of resources. We will be, as time goes on, sharing different things through the newsletter, through our website, that will hopefully be helpful to people who are pursuing Walking with Moms in Need at their parishes. The other important thing to remember is, again, Walking with Moms in Need is a process. There are five phases. The first phase is just getting started and building that core team, getting your pastor's approval. The second phase is building that inventory. And then after that, there's the assessment phase. When you take a look and you say, okay, well, here's what we know we have. How can we communicate those resources better? Or what are the gaps in what isn't available? Maybe there is not a local OBGYN who can offer services on a sliding scale. Can we reach out and try to find one? You know, it's that time to sort of do that assessment. And then when... That stage three is completed. Then there's stage four, which is committing to a parish response where hopefully the whole parish can get involved with that response and saying, okay, well, for example, we need more medical resources for women who are facing challenging pregnancies, we need prenatal care. How can we partner with a local hospital and join together to pray about this and to see what they can do about it as a group? and then comes implementation and hopefully that means a whole new fresh start for the parish and how they engage with women in their community and also with opportunities that are now available to women that weren't before
0: now here in the earth diocese of cincinnati there are many pregnancy care centers that are Probably quite close to most parishes because there are so many. The uh, I honestly don't know if most dioceses in the United States are in the similar circumstance. I know there are many more pregnancy care centers than there are abortion centers in the country. Mm-hmm. I don't know if there's some dioceses that are quite weak in that area, and and we have one that's quite strong. But we have a lot. But on the new website at catholicaoc.org, among other things, you'll find a listing of all of the pregnancy care centers, so you'll be able to know what's close to you, at least here in the Cincinnati area, that can help women and parents who are in crisis pregnancies.
1: That's a great point. I know that different dioceses are in very different positions with the resources that they have available, and it's wonderful that the Archdiocese of Cincinnati, in their locale, has so many different pregnancy care centers that are already looking at how they can serve vulnerable pregnant and parenting women. I know that in different locations, it's certainly different. And also things vary pregnancy care center to pregnancy care center. There are some pregnancy care centers that, you know, try to help with diapers for a little while and offer, you know, maybe a layette. And that's really all that they can do. And then there are others which are very comprehensive in their services. So walking with moms, regardless of whether you have a pregnancy care center, is very valuable to do partly for that reason. So you can see okay, we have this pregnancy care center. What do they really do? What are they about? And hopefully work with them and help them and support them where they exist. Because you're right. If we already have a great pregnancy care center that is doing a lot of this work already, that's a tremendous asset and should be supported and encouraged and utilized as we try to help all Catholics walk in the shoes of pregnant parenting women.
0: Right. So Kat, when was this launched and how has this COVID crisis (laughs) affected this initiative?
1: Yes, well that's the question on everyone's minds, right? Well, this officially launched on the 25th anniversary of Evangelion Vitae in March of 2020. Little did we know, as that happened, that the world is going to change very rapidly. Uh, But if anything, COVID-19 has only highlighted the greater challenges for women who are in a challenging pregnancy or who are vulnerable, who are parenting young children, because now we know, of course, whether it's economic distress, whether it's domestic violence, there are so many more concerns even than there were before in women who are in much more uncertain circumstances. So one, COVID-19 has highlighted the greater need of this initiative. Of course, though, COVID-19 has also greatly changed parish life, and that's just an inescapable reality. So walking with moms in need was always designed to be locally organized and flexible. We have these phases, this whole process with these five different phases, but they can really be begun at any time at the discretion of the bishop or the diocese, or if the bishop or the diocese says, hey, go ahead and do what you want, they can be done at the discretion of the parish. So there isn't anything in walking with moms that would tie someone to starting it in March and then, you know, if you don't do it then, then too bad. (laughs) It can really be begun any time. And we actually on the website do have an updated calendar for COVID-19 giving a few different options, right? Some people might decide to start it around this month, Respect Life Month to launch now. Some launched over the summer and are doing the inventory phase now. So it really depends on the diocese and on the parish, what they want to do, because there is no reason why they can't start walking with moms in need really at any time. Some are starting it in January of 2021. Some are starting it in March of 2021. All of those different launch dates are possibilities and none are better than the other. And then, of course, too, a lot of the resources that Walking with Moms in Need seeks to provide could be found digitally. There's no reason why, especially if you have any, a little more time on your hands with the pandemic or your social life has changed, this might be a great time to get involved with a volunteer effort like this because you can call your local pregnancy care centers. You can go on the yellow pages. You can go Google and try to find what's out there in your area and kind of get this started. You can email people, have Zoom meetings, get that core team assembled, talk to your pastor. There is no reason why a lot of these projects couldn't be begun right now, regardless of the social distancing requirements or other concerns related to COVID-19.
0: All right. So Kat, is it, this might be difficult to say, but are you aware of any stories that you could share of someone that you know was helped through this program? walking Sure.
1: Well, one really great thing is that I think 197 dioceses have already committed to walking with moms. We know that dioceses are really excited about this. And we also know anecdotally a lot of stories from the different dioceses and parishes that have begun walking with moms in need. But much are related to the simple things like, oh, you know, we always relied on this pregnancy care center. I didn't realize that they didn't actually have connections to you know, food assistance or housing assistance. And just the the surprise that people have sometimes when they assume that, well, this pregnancy care center can kind of do all of these things. We have heard of parishes deciding to get started with programs like the Gabriel Project and getting one of those begun at the parish, which has been tremendous one of the best stories we really have is how Catholic charities has really taken up walking with moms in need and how they are really seeing how valuable something like this is and are starting for the first time to connect with local respect life groups and to look seek out pregnancy care centers and build those partnerships because a lot of the time those resources were separate when really we know how integrated care for life is from the beginning of life to its end so th- those have been I think the peak stories we've heard from one walking with moms. Of course, much more will happen as more of the program has been launched, as more dioceses have completed different phases. So we are very excited about that and seeing how people have been very inspired by it. Another thing which has been exciting to hear is to hear how local parishes that were quite divided when it came to the respect life group versus the social justice group. We're seeing those bridges being built big time with walking with moms. And you, cause it, it's a service project. It is a way of serving the vulnerable and, To see those connections being made and conversations happening between people who are maybe on different sides of the aisle politically or have different priorities has been so inspiring to witness. So those are the stories we're hearing now. I'm sure that if you were to talk to me this time next year, you would hear a lot more stories of direct services that have been implemented or new programs that have been started. But right now, a lot of what we're hearing is just excitement On the level of the parishes saying, wow, this is like a new unity that we haven't really seen before, or this is the first time people have gotten really curious about what's in the area for women who might be struggling.
0: So I'm a little bit embarrassed to admit this, I think, because I've been working you know, for years with pregnancy care centers that we have in our local area. I mean, they do fantastic work, but I can help them get together so that they can share best practices and things like that. And we also work with a, uh, have like a retreat day once a year with the leaders and we have education days anyway. I say that because it hadn't really occurred to me to ensure that they are well connected to Catholic social services. Right. Because clearly, when you're parenting a child, you need access to all kinds of different kinds of services. So putting those two together makes perfect sense. And it, and it makes no sense that we often probably behave as if they are separate issues when they're clearly not. It's so true.
1: And I think that's often, too. I mean, we have this beautiful Catholic social teaching, which is so whole and complete in terms of what we see the human person as being and also what we see them as deserving from their fellow human brethren. And so with Walking with Moms, when we've gotten Catholic Charities, you know, to participate in all these different, we see just how the a lot of the, what divides us is kind of superficial. <laughs> and that so much of us, we do have the same goals. And we, we do want to serve together, serve the vulnerable and to help bring in women to bring their wanted children to the world. And so there's no reason why we shouldn't be coming together on that. So it has been very exciting because certainly I've noticed it even, you know, I work for the Bishop's Conference. We have all these different departments and and yes, there's collaboration and things like that, but there isn't often the opportunity to truly work together in our different areas of expertise. I know that some dioceses or some even Catholic charities uh, affiliates have particular experience with this and do it really well. I know, I believe it's in Baltimore, they do sanctuaries for life, which is a specific part of their Catholic charities, which does seek directly to serve pregnant and parenting women. But it's very exciting now that we're seeing people kind of moving out of their I am pro-life and I am social justice and working together on something that everyone can get behind. And it could be a sort of something really great for your parish because every parish is different and every person is different. They have different capacities. They have more or less time to devote to volunteer initiatives. They have certain gifts. And we believe that the gifts of the church are meant to serve the needs of the community. So in living the gospel of life, we are sharing Christ's love with others. And that means giving what he has given us, what he has given us. And so different parishes and for different people, that might look very different. Some parishes might say, okay, we're going to do the inventory. We probably, especially because of maybe things related to the pandemic, or we're very small, or we're having financial difficulties, might not be able to do a very large, showy, project that is very visible and prominent. And that's fine. There's no reason why even something as simple as saying, you know what, we actually don't even have a pregnancy care center ad in our bulletin or on our bulletin board. We could do that. You know, <laughs> That's a start. That's something right. that wasn't there before. Right. So there really is nothing to be intimidated by with, with walking with moms. It is meant to be Started by the person in the pew who might have never been involved in a ministry before, <laughs> so it, you do not have to be experienced in parish ministry to take a look at this and to reach out to your pastor and see if you might want to get it started.
0: The people that you need to do that are going to come. They're going to show up. You mention you mention it to the friends that you that you have, and they're going to have the connections, and the Holy Spirit is going to bring them to you.
1: Mm -hmm. So, uh,
0: so, um, don't worry about that. Send that up to prayer and let the Holy Spirit worry about that.
1: (laughs) Amen. Amen. Yes.
0: (laughs) All right. So Kat, so obviously we never stop serving moms in need, of course, but does Mm -hmm. this particular initiative, does that have an end date? Does that, does that stop? (laughs) Oh,
1: goodness. No, we hope that this is just the beginning. The year of service in some ways it's, it's very appropriate, but in some ways it's misnomer. It's really a year of preparation because it's a way of turning inward into yourself to decide what is God calling me to do for women who might be feeling completely unable to bring your life into the world or to parent the children that they have. And it's a year of also turning directly to the community and saying, what do we have to give here? And preparing as a parish to do better, to do something that's actually going to reach more women and help more of them know the love of Jesus Christ. And that is the beginning. That is the beginning. And we hope that this year of service will just be the start of a more integrated approach to serving women and their children born and unborn.
0: So Kat, if you're interested in starting Walking with Moms in Need at your parish, other than your pastor, of course, who else should you be contacting?
1: That's a great question. In addition to contacting your pastor and seeking permission to talk with him about this, you really would like to contact your diocese because it's very likely that they've already heard of walking with moms in need and that the respect life person at your diocese is already aware of this initiative and might have even already completed a diocesan level inventory of things that are available locally, which you could use as a starting point for your own parish inventory. You can see sort of the attitude of the diocese, whether this is something that they're open to doing, and to build that partnership because your diocesan respect life person will be extremely helpful as you seek to serve women right where you are.
0: And that's true. Most of our listeners are probably in Cincinnati. So that would be me, <laughs> Walker. We're getting a new website. So I can't even tell you exactly what the address is, but if you don't, if you go to CatholicaOC.org, you'll certainly be able to find the Respect Life office from there. And you would be able to contact us and see what we can how we can work together to help implement walking with moms in need. Well, thank you for talking with us today about one of the many ways that we as a church uh, and in our local communities especially, right, can help women in crisis pregnancies or women who are parenting in difficult circumstances faced with their young children. So thanks for spending time with us today, Kat.
1: Thank you so much for having me.
0: And I want to thank all our viewers and listeners for tuning in on this episode of our Being Pro-Life series. Head to the website to view more resources we talked about in this episode at www.catholicaoc.org slash being pro Thank you again for joining us today. I look forward to being with you next time.